Life has its ups and downs. Life can be fun. Life is sometimes hectic. And life is full of choices. Welcome to Venture, the podcast that brings the biblical truth to the ventures that we face in this world and live in today. Hey everybody, welcome back to another Venture Podcast. I'm your host, Dan Wills, and I'm the pastor at Chandler Acres Church in Bellevue, Nebraska. And I am so glad to be back with you guys this week. Uh, I hope you guys enjoyed uh, last week's episode with uh, John Christ as our uh, little clip from his uh, comedy show uh, where he opened for Tim Hawkins. And uh, I just find that guy uh, hilarious. I think he's just great and a uh, great Christian guy and, and all those things. So... Today, though, we're in uh, our second week of a two-part series called Love and Hate, and I'm so glad you're joining us again. And there are some things that God loves that we talked about two weeks ago, about those things that God loves, right? And one of those things that we talked about is the fact that he loves to take broken, hurting people and make beautiful things. And so today we're going to talk about what God hates. So if you are listening today, uh, I believe there is a reason and a purpose of, of why God has placed you where you're at to be able to listen to this podcast today. Before we dive in, I kind of want to ask you this question for something for you to ponder um, and, and maybe um, relate to. Uh, how many of you guys listening would say you maybe hate reality TV? You know, you're one of those persons that says, hey, give me a drama, give me a comedy, uh, give me something, but don't put reality TV in front of me, you know? Or maybe you're the person that says, no, love the reality, you know, and the granddaddy of them all is maybe a survivor, or for you, it's bachelor or bachelorette, or maybe even throw a little honey boo-boo in the mix. I'm not even sure if that one still exists or not, but uh, I remember that being on reality TV. Uh, How many of you say, you know what? I hate Apple products, you know, it's, it's just like, what is the hype all about? You know, you're the only one that says, no, give me an Android phone any day. You know, I don't need the Apple products or, or maybe you're the person that says, no, 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 Apple is awesome. You know, my iPad, my iPhone, my iLife, you know, maybe you're that person. Or how many of you would say, I hate skinny jeans. You know, it's like, why did they ever come back with skinny jeans? You know, what's going on? Why are people wearing skinny jeans? Okay. Or maybe there's some of you guys that, Hey man, it's great. Skinny jeans are awesome. You know, Hey, you're telling people, Hey, get with the fad and uh, get some skinny jeans on. I, I don't know. You know, I personally don't wear skinny jeans because well, personally, uh, I'm, I'm a man, so I just don't do that, you know? Um, but you know what? There's actually some of you that can pull them off, and, and that's great. So proud of you for being able to, to do that. Love and hate. What are some of the things that God loves, and what are the things that God hates? Because it's pretty important for us in the relationships with people we love to, to do that which they love and not to do what they hate. And, and sometimes it's a little confusing because we're like, does God really hate stuff? Because don't we teach our kids stuff like that, right? Like if you know if your kid comes in and he's like, I hate Johnny. He broke my crayons. I hate him, you know? And you're like, wait a minute, Johnny. Hey, we don't we don't hate Johnny, right? No, we don't hate people, you know, whether he's bad or whatever, but we don't hate, right? So does God really hate something? Well, the answer is 
Yes, it's actually found in the book of Proverbs, and uh, we're going to list them off here um, today. And here's where it comes from, Proverbs 6, verses 16 through 19. Here's what it says. There are six things the Lord hates, seven that are detestable to him. There's haughty eyes, a lying tongue, hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that devises wicked schemes, feet that are quick to rush into evil, a false witness who pours out lies, and a person who stirs up conflict in the community. Now, I I would bet that those that are listening right now, when I said that there are things that God hates, and I'm going to kind of list them off, I wonder how many of you kind of sat up maybe a little straighter and said, okay, I'm going to get my phone out or or whatever you use to kind of take notes with, you know, I'm going to be ready to, to, to know what is going on, what's a God's hate list, right? Because if there's a sin, uh, a naughty list or something, you know, I don't want to be on it. And I sure enough don't want to be on God's hate list, right? And so why do we do that? Why do we kind of just perk up when that comes on? Well, the reason is we do this is because in relationships, we don't want to do something that the person that we love hates. Why? When when we do, it creates a distance from from that individual, and that distance breeds loneliness. And that is really at the center of what we're talking about today. Have you ever felt that distance, you know, felt distant from God? There's a lot of things that can make us feel distant from God. Sometimes it's that untimely death of a, of a loved one, or it could be that you just feel like, you know what, I don't have any close relationships, no close friends, and I've been trying to connect with people. You know, or it could be that, you know, you feel stuck in this dead end job and, and you know, you're saying I keep surviving or serving God and I, and I keep doing this and, and I keep doing all these things for God and I'm just stuck in this situation and nothing ever goes my way. And I take one step forward and I get two steps back and it just feels like I don't know where God is in this. You know, I thought I was doing something. Or it could be that, you know, you walk into your local church and, and you're looking around and people are singing and you're like, man, all these people are connecting with God and I just don't feel it. And, and it distances you, right? It creates that feeling of distance and that distance, it breeds that loneliness that we're talking about. And that loneliness is at the center of what we're going to be talking about today. What is it that God hates? So if you like to take notes or just kind of mentally take notes, I want you to kind of jot this down or put this in your brain because this is a really uh, pivotal thought for our our study today and what it is is that God hates. So here's what it is. God hates the loneliness we feel from the distance we create. God hates that loneliness, that void, that thing inside of us that just feels like there's just something missing, that loneliness that we feel from the distance we create. Now you say, how do we create a distance from God? Well, there's several different ways that we do that. And two, that we are going to look at today. In fact, if you're kind of taking notes again, the first thing that distances us from from God is this. Our sin distances from God. Romans 3.23 says, For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. What does that mean? That means that every single one of us, me, uh, the, the people around you, maybe the people that you're driving with right now or in your room that you're listening to this podcast with, you know, the people that just are within your family, community, wherever, we all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. But here's the deal. God hated that loneliness that we feel because that sin distances us and it creates that loneliness. 
God hated that so much that he actually sent his only son, Jesus, into the world so that we could be saved. And, and in fact, John 3.17 says, For God sent his son into the world, not to condemn the world, but to save it through him. You see, God hates that loneliness that, that we feel from the distance, that, that we create, and that our sin distances us from God. It's a little bit like this. I, I'm hoping uh, some of you have maybe heard of an acorn before. Uh, they come from oak trees, and, and we have them all around different parts of the country and thing, but not everywhere, but maybe some of you have them around you. And, and, and I wonder if any of you have tried opening an acorn before, because I'm sure you've maybe found an acorn that looks good and, and healthy, but then when you really opened it, you found it to be rotten and maybe have an acorn weevil in it, you know? Well, I have. I've done that, and I found that. And, and so when I did that, I do what I do. I, I Googled it, and I found out something really cool about the acorn weevil, okay? Here's what I found out. The female acorn weevil actually lays, lays eggs on the acorn when it's just a barely a, a little bud on the tree, okay? And the acorn grows around the egg. And the egg hatches, and it eats, it, eats the acorn from the inside out, causing it to rot and to decay, but on the outside, it looks just fine, but on the inside, it's rotten and decaying. And this reminds me of something we see in Scripture where Jesus looks at the Pharisees and he tells them, hey, you guys are like whitewashed tombs. You look good on the outside, you're all cleaned up and pretty, but, but on the inside, you're full of death and decay. And that's exactly what sin does to us on the inside. In fact, there's a great illustration of this fact in, in James 1.15. Here's what it says. Then after... Uh, after desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin, and sin, when it is full grown, gives birth to death. Now, here's the thing. I want you to follow me on this because remember, Proverbs 6, we talked about the things that God hates. Our desires are actually consistent with the things that God hates. Our natural state, the way that we normally think, it's actually at odds with the way God thinks. It's, it's actually a part of what God hates. We naturally are bent in that direction. The book of James says death, decay, rot. And that's exactly what was going on the inside of that acorn. And that's exactly what's going on inside of our hearts when we're apart from God. And, and that distance breeds loneliness. And, and that is what God hates. God hates that loneliness we feel from the distance we create. What creates that distance? Well, our sin distances us from God, right? But that's not the only thing that will distance us from God. There's also another thing, and, and this is really for those who of you listening that would say, you know what, I believe in God and I follow Jesus. So if you're in that camp, okay, then I want to tell you there's this other thing that will distance you from God. Point number two is our complacency distance, distances us from God, okay? Our complacency distances us from God. There's a book called The Christian Atheist, and, and in that book, the author shares the idea that a Christian atheist is a person who believes in God, but then lives their life as if he doesn't exist, okay? So in other words, I believe in God, I follow Jesus, but if it doesn't affect my practical everyday living, then, then who cares? And you may say, well, how does that exactly happen? Well, in Scripture, it shows us, and it comes from Proverbs, again, uh, chapter 1, verse 32. Listen to what it says here. For the waywardness of the simple will kill them, and the complacency of fools will destroy them. Now, that's, that's pretty harsh, right? 
The Bible says that the complacency of fools will destroy them. In other words, when we find ourselves being complacent, the Bible says you're a fool and it's going to destroy you. Well, how does that work in our day-to-day lives? Well, let's, let's talk about that today. So what happens is we kind of have this moment. We, we go to church and we have this moment with God, right? And, and we get on what I like to call the spiritual high, okay, or, or a Jesus high. And we say, whoa, I love it. God, I'm with you. We're connected. I'm in your word. I'm feeling like we're together. And then what happens? Well, here's what happens. Something distracts us. And, and we're like, God, I love you, but Wow, did you, did you just see that play? That was amazing. Hold on just a second, God. I need somebody to DVR this. Roll that back. Was his foot in balance or not? You know, No, surely not. I mean, you're kidding, right? Well, hold on, God. I, I'm, I'm busy right now. I'll tell you what, God. I'll, I'll get back to you right after the sports season is over, okay? We'll, we'll get back together then. Or we say, hey, God, I, I really love you, and man, we're together, and I love you, and everything is good, and I'm in your word, and, and then, oh, that's right, the boss gave me this opportunity to do this project, and, and God, you know how long I've been praying to get a little promotion, right? And, and if I do good on this project, I, I know it's going to pull me away, but it's going to be days and nights and everything, but, it, it, but it's going to be really difficult, so i got to get this done. But, but you know, if I do this, it's going to be really awesome, and, and we've been praying about this, right, God? And, and so you just stay right there, God, and, and I've got to go to work on this project because when I get done, I'll, I'll be back then, okay? Or we're like, God, I love you. I'm with you. We're connected. We're good. And, and you're like, hang on a second. You know, Johnny has to get to soccer practice and, and Sarah has to get to ballet and to gymnastics because, man, she's going to be going to the Olympics one day. And, and listen, God, I'll be back as soon as school's over, you know, back sometime in, in May or June or whenever that is. And, and, and you don't go anywhere, though, right? Okay. You pretty much stay there and I, I'll, I'm going to go over here and I'll, I'll get back to you. I promise. So what's the problem? It seems like it might be obvious to all of us, right? But but we do it all the time. And and here's the problem in plain, simple English, okay? Let me just kind of spell this out. That This is what happens. And, and I know this because I've done this in my own life, okay? I've gotten distracted, and here's what happens. We're close to God. Something distracts us, and we run over, you know, to another spot. And, and what did we just do? We created this distance between us, this distance that breeds a loneliness inside of us. And, and for those of you who follow Christ, it breeds complacency. Well, what's the problem with that? Well, let me tell you what the problem with that is, okay? Complacency, there's, there's a problem with that because when we get distant from God, all of a sudden those things that used to be vile and sick to us really aren't that bad anymore. We begin to see sin uh, in a little different way. You know, it's kind of like, I, I look at it this way. It's kind of like when we, we went to our first date at the movie theater with, with a girlfriend or something, you know, and we kind of sneak our arm up like we're going to pretend like we're just stretching a little bit. And then, then we kind of wrap our arm around the girl's shoulders and then we kind of just sit it there and it's like, okay, she didn't mind that so we can kind of keep it there. That's how we kind of start with sin, you know. And we're like, that's not so bad. And, and so then the next thing you know, we really kind of befriended a little bit more. And so we put another arm around it. And, and now we're hugging, you know, and it's really, we're really friends. And, and then all of a sudden, we're like hooking our leg around this sin. And, and because we're so attached to it, and we just are in love with it. And, and we just begin to hold on to it. But before, it used to make us vile and sick. And we're like, no, I don't want nothing to do with that. And then what we do is we love it so much that we give it these little names, these sugar-coated names to make it sound appealing, okay? Especially in Christian circles, 
we will say stuff like this. We'll say, well, I really messed up last night. Well, actually, let's call it what it is. Really, what you did is you sat at your computer and you looked at porn for three hours. That's what you did. Or we say, well, I'm just struggling with some anxiety right now. No, actually, you don't trust God to provide you for you. Or we say something like, I, I'm just having trouble getting to God's word. And, and man, I can't believe how many times I've heard that, you know, though I'm just having trouble getting to God's word right now. And, and I've said that before, you know, I, and I, I, I had to say this to myself. No, actually what the problem is, Dan, you've got something more important in your life than God right now. You know, we need to call it what it is and that's what it is. Or we say, oh, you know what? It's just a little flirting, right? It's just a little flirting at work. It's completely innocent. There, there's no way anything's going to happen. Really? The truth is you want her more than your wife and you're spending way too much time with her. That's the truth. Or we say, well, it's my only vice and it's actually kind of socially acceptable. It's, it's really kind of okay. No, the truth is you're looking for a peace for peace at the bottom of an ice cream container more than you are looking for the prince of peace himself. Our sin, when we hear it as it is, we say, that's gross, that's garbage. But remember, that distance creates complacency, right? And we begin to think of those things that used to just be like, oh, I would never do that. And now all of a sudden we find ourselves right in the middle of it. How did we get there? Well, we got distracted, we got distant, we got complacent. And now we're over in this place where we're lonely and, and God hates the loneliness we feel from the distance that we create. We have to see our sin for what it really is because when you hear it like that, you think to yourself just like I do, that's garbage, that's trash, right? And that's exactly what Paul talks about in Philippians 3.8. Listen to what he says. What is more, I consider everything a loss because of that surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things and I consider them garbage, we have to come to a place where we realize that stuff is just garbage and it creates the distance which breeds loneliness. God hates that loneliness. Have you ever felt distant from God? The answer to that is yes. Every single one of us has felt distant from God. Myself, you, the people next to you right now, everybody. Different seasons in our lives, we feel that distance from God. And, and here's the deal. If you feel that way today, understand this. You're actually in good company, okay? Many times we feel that loneliness and we begin to feel like nobody else feels that way. And that's just not true. It's a, it's a complete lie. Everybody has felt that way at one time or another. And in, and in Scripture, we see examples of many people who have had that experience. We actually uh, see in the book of Psalms 10.1, we see David, the man after God's own heart, say these words. He says, why, Lord, do you stand far off? Why do you hide yourself in times of trouble. Do you feel that loneliness? That's just deep hurt that David has. And I think about the example in scripture of, of Peter, you know, Jesus had told his disciples, Hey, you're going to all deny me. And, and Peter says, are you kidding me? You know, I'm not going anywhere. I'm with you. And Jesus says, no, actually, in fact, you're going to deny me three times before the rooster crows. And he's like, no way, man, that's not going to happen. Well, in the book of Luke, it records that, that the third time that Peter denies Christ, Jesus is walking by and he hears it and they turn and they lock eyes. Could you imagine having denied Christ verbally within his earshot and, and you guys are locking eyes? 
being close enough to see Christ, but distant in your heart. The Bible actually records that Peter went out and he wept bitterly. Can you feel that distance? The loneliness he must have felt. And Jesus himself in the book of Matthew chapter 20, 27, when he was hanging on the cross in excruciating pain for, for my sin and for yours, he says this. He says, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Do you hear that loneliness, that, that feeling of distance? So here's the thing that we have to understand. Today, if you're feeling distant from God, I want you to I want you to ponder this this statement I'm going to give you, or maybe you need to write it down. Maybe you need to pull over and and put it in somewhere in your notes because this is really important to understand. If you feel distant from God, God is not distant from you. You see, when we feel distant from God, from God, God's not distant from us. It's kind of like this: no matter where we go, in our highest of highs or in our lowest of lows, God is still with us. God is there no matter how great times are. God is there no matter how bad times are. And when we feel distant from God, God is not distant from us. We even see this played out in the Romans 8, 38 through 39. Listen to this. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all of creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. See, it doesn't matter what you did last night. It doesn't matter what you're going to do today. There's nothing that you can do that can separate you from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus. It doesn't matter how great you are, how wonderful you are, how many songs you sing in church every Sunday. There's nothing you can do that would separate you from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. If you go to the highest of heights, is God still there? Of course he is. If you go to the bottom of the sea, is God still there? Of course he is. And if you run as far as you can, is God still there? Yes. And if you go to Walmart, is God still there? Yes. The cashiers may not be there, but God is there, you know. Nothing can separate us from the love of God. When we feel distant from God, God is not distant from us. God hates the loneliness that we feel from the distance that we create. Amen. Thanks for listening to another Venture Podcast today. I hope you'll join us next week as we start a new series, as we take a look at the things we actually deserve that God's forgiveness spares us from. It's called, I Deserve It. We'll talk to you soon. If you'd like to know more about Venture Podcasts or would like to support this ministry, please visit our website at www.chandleracreschurch.com. Dot com.